Look to our precious Jesus today who saves, heals, delivers, and blesses. This is your day for a miracle. On yesterday's program, Pastor Benny Hinn began a powerful message on your covenant right to be healed and stay healed. With all the nutrients, with all the medical breakthroughs, advances, cancer is killing a whole lot of Americans. And very few churches talk about healing. We focus on nutrition way more than healing. We focus on medicine way more than healing. We focus on what the doctors can do for us more than what God can do for us. Hallelujah. Say, God is my healer. Is my healer. Not, the Not the doctor. Say it again. God is my healer. One more time. God is my healer. God's order is the spirit man must become whole first. And wholeness begins from the inside out. So when you are whole spiritually, then and only then you have what it takes, the anointing, to renew your mind and you work on your soul. And your soul is renewed by the Word of God as the Word of God begins to take hold of your soul. You have to meditate upon the Scripture. Now, join Pastor Benny as he continues this message by demonstrating his personal process for meditating upon the Word of God. I divide the Bible in pieces in my head. I'll give it an example. Quite simple. When I read Genesis, I, 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 read the, I read the book of Genesis or any book of the Bible, and I'll say to myself, okay, chapter 1, to 11 is the history of men, 12 through 24 is Abraham, 24 to 28 Isaac, 28 to 32 Jacob, 32 to 37, the sons of Jacob, 37, to the last chapter, Joseph. I got the whole book. Then I go back, and I take it apart one by one. It's quite simple. That's how I divide the Bible in my head. Now, maybe you're not as smart, but you are. Say, I'm very smart. And I'm very expensive. See, so I am more expensive than all creation put together. Say it again. Now you got to believe this, kids. I can call you kids because I'm older than you, okay? See, I'm more expensive than all the stars and the sun and the moon and all the angels. Say, it costs God, God nothing to create the heavens, the earth, the angels, and everything else. It cost Him everything to save me. Wow. Turn to somebody and tell them you're very expensive. Come on, kind of knock them out. Say, you're very expensive. 
Hallelujah, people. So, are you more expensive than the stars? Yeah. The sun? Yeah. The moon? Yeah. All creation? Yeah. And all the angels? Yeah. Did Jesus die for the angels? No. Did he die for you? Yeah. Did he shed his blood for the angels? No. For you? Yeah. You're more expensive than all of them. So, say, I'm expensive and very, very smart. Well, that's what the Bible says. So, let's go. Genesis 1. Say that. 2.11 is the story of who? Man. Man. Genesis 12 to 24. The story of who? Abraham. From 24... To 28, the story of Isaac. And from 28 to about 32 or so is the story of. And then from 32 to 37, the story of the sons of Jacob. And from 37 to the last chapter of Genesis, the story of Joseph. Now you've got the whole book in your head, don't you? Now you go back and you take it. One by one now. You take each piece by one and go through it. That's how you meditate upon the Bible. So in my head I go, watch this, watch this. In Genesis, because it's easier to break it down. I go, in Genesis 1, God creates heavens and earth, so on. Genesis 2, creates man. Genesis 3, the fall. 4, Cain, Abel. 5, a repeat of creation. 6, 7, 8, Noah. 9, 10, Children of Noah, 11, the genealogy of Abraham. I'm done. First section, I'm done. Then I go Genesis 12. He called Abraham. 13, he goes down to Egypt. 14, he fights the kings. 15, God makes them the promise. 16, Ishmael is born. 17, and I just keep going. And so you kind of break that thing down in your head. And then you go by each chapter, you get the headline. And then you go back to the headline and get the details. That's the tough one. But you meditate upon the Word, and next thing you know, it's inside of you. And then you become a walking Bible. And then you can talk it. And now your mind is begin, beginning to be renewed. Once you're done with that, health will come to your body. To all your flesh. Proverbs 4, remember what it says. Come on, let's turn to it. Proverbs chapter 4. It says, attend to my word and incline thine ear unto my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of the, your heart. For they are what? Life to those who find them. So you got to search the scripture. That's why it says find it. Verse 20, put it on the screen. My son, attend to my words. I just showed you how. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. You've got to read it. Keep them in the midst of your heart meditate by meditation. Because they are life to those who find them and health to what? That's it. Then health begins to affect your body. It starts coming out. Now that doesn't mean you won't get sick. Because, because as long as you're in this body, you're going to 
get something, but God's going to heal you. Amen. Healing will always follow. Now, I'm going to show you something. The fall of man affected every area of his being. Sickness came into the world as a result of the fall of Adam. Now, you got to understand that you're not sick because you fell. You're sick because of the fall of man. When, when Adam fell, humanity began to experience death in the spirit. Humanity was burdened in the soul. And our body became subject to sickness and death. So prior to, to your salvation, your, your spirit was deadened. Your soul was burdened. And your body was subject to disease and death. So say after me, before my salvation, my spirit was deadened. Soul was burdened, and body was subject to sickness and disease, and death, of course. But now, now, Adam, this is powerful. Adam, in his unfallen state, was a created being. And in his unfallen state... Became a child of God. Got to hear this. You can't miss this. As a child of God, he walked in health. Until, until the fall, he knew no sickness in his life. When the fall came, his spirit died. His soul was burdened and his body became subject. Now, the new birth experience changed all that for you and took you on a higher plateau. This is what you cannot miss. As a believer, you're not just a child of God. You are a begotten child of God. Say after me, Adam was a child. I am a begotten child. Say it again. One more time. What, what this means is Adam did not have a reborn spirit. Adam was not full of the Holy Spirit. We are begotten of God. And the difference is we have been born again. And as begotten, born again, we are no longer subject or burdened or deadened. God released us from death and the burden and no longer subject to sickness and death. So we have a most amazing promise in James 1.18. I'd like you to put that on the screen, please. That simply states that we are living on, on a higher plateau than Adam ever could experience. 
because he experienced perfection when he was unfallen. But today the Bible says, of his own will begat he, that is the Lord, us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Adam was not the first fruit, we are. We live on a higher plateau because we are the first fruits. Adam wasn't. That's awesome. He was a created man. We are begotten of God. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. And in you lives the Holy Spirit who quickens that mortal body of yours. He didn't have that either. And the Bible says something powerful in John 8, 31 through 32. It says your healing and deliverance is dependent on the truth you know. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And please, verse 32 says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth you know will set you free. So here's how healing begins. Healing begins in the spirit of man. The minute you're born again, you, you qualify to be healed. Say, when I'm born again, I have the legal right to be made whole. Say it again. Say it slowly now. When I am born again, I have the what? Legal right to be made. Now I'm going to give you a secret. The minute you're born again, God makes a covenant with you. And because of that covenant, healing is guaranteed. Now God Almighty, out of His mercy and the overflow on you, will heal an atheist sitting next to you. I hear this. God will heal you because of your covenant with Him. But in an audience of believers, when the power of God is flowing because of the covenant on the people, there may be atheists and unbelievers among them who will receive the overflow. You see, God understands something about God. God is a giver who takes pleasure in his gifts being accepted. I'm giving you truth tonight that I rarely do. Okay, Ellen, watch this. This is your healing, suppose. And the Holy Ghost knows there's sickness, so he comes and offers this to you. But, but you see, wait, wait. You can't see him or recognize him in front of you because, sadly, sometimes we're in the flesh or we, we struggle too much to receive and he, he cannot get through to us. So somebody sits in a service and they're all tied up in themselves. They're screwed up. They're like a screw. And they're all tight and, and, and God cannot get through that. God waits till that individual relaxes. It's impossible to be healed 
if you're all tied up. I learned that as a, as, as a young evangelist. God cannot heal someone who begs him for healing. Because he's all tied up. Comprende? Jesus never healed anyone who was begging him. He only healed them when they come down. And often looked for people who didn't even look for it. He, 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 would, he would heal individuals who did, did not look because those who were looking were too tied up. And often he had to calm them down before he could heal them. Don't you remember the man who was so tied up, begging, 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 begging? Jesus said, come on, man, have faith. Just believe. And the man said, help my unbelief. Or the lady who begged so much for her daughter that he refused her healing. He said, I'd rather give that healing to, a, to my people than to you. Not because she was only outside the covenant. She was an all stressed up woman. Finally, when she relaxed and calmed down, same thing with all the rest. If you really read the Bible like you ought to read with the right glasses, you'll, you'll see Jesus never healed anybody all tied up. By them. He, he always would wait for the right moment when they were just in the right condition. Okay, he offers you your healing, but you've got too much stress on you. God never does this. Instead, he'll give it to whatever open door is around. Now, that door may be an atheist. Or that door may be a carnal Christian, but they're not tied up. The covenant child is all tied up. God looks for a relaxed ground to give it to them. They're not expecting it, but they're just relaxed. They get hit by it and don't know they're going to get it. But because they're not in covenant, they can't keep it. They lose it. Because only covenant men and women know how to keep the covenant of God and the promise. I'm going to understand. Put your hands up high. That's why people lose their, their healing because they're not in covenant. But the Lord in, in His mercy waits till you're relaxed. So there's another day when He'll heal you another time. That's why he waits. There's been people who've come to my meetings. Oh, Pastor Ben, I came to your crusades and nothing happened. Yeah, lady, because you were all tied up. But today I got my healing. Yeah, because you finally gave up. Relaxed. God Almighty cannot heal you unless you're relaxed. So the Bible says God will make your spirit whole. Now you legally have the right to be healed. Then you, you get the Word of God in you as a covenant believer, and sickness begins to be forced out of you. The Word will make no room for disease. That's the way it's supposed to be. The reason people go to healing meetings is because there's not enough Word in them. They need help to be encouraged, to be stirred up. To hear a message on healing from somebody because they're not there's, there's nothing in them. You don't need healing evangelists. You just need the Bible in here. Amen. God will heal you on a daily basis and you won't get sick again if the Word of God is alive inside of you every day.
On tomorrow's program, Pastor Benny concludes this important message, which you must hear for not only your healing and health, but also for your family, friends, and loved ones. Watch expecting your life to be changed. Proverbs 4 says, Attend to my word, incline to my sayings. Let the word not depart from your eyes. Keep the word in the midst of your heart. They are life. The word is life to those that find the word and health to all your flesh. You have to dig deep to receive the benefits. You're listening to a teaching on healing through the word. I'm going to continue teaching on healing through the word because God is our source. You see, there's three ways God heals. He heals through his word, but he heals the covenant child through his word. He heals through his gifts. And then he heals through the overflow that comes upon individuals sitting close to those in covenant. And they're the ones who can lose the healing. But you as a saint, you receive healing because of his word. All right, sometimes even the, the saints look for the gifts of healing. But if you, if you have the word, you will live in divine health. You'll not need the healing that you could also lose and have to go back and find it again. Moses lived in health. The Lord Jesus lived in health. Elijah lived in health. The apostles lived in health because the word of God was in them strong. Attend to my word means know what it says, divide it properly. Incline your ear to my saying. Let the voice of the Spirit speak to you. Let them not depart from your eyes. Make sure to read the word. Keep and protect the word in your heart. Don't lose what God gives you. Because it brings life and health to those who find the word. And find means you've got to search the scripture. Do it today. But I want to pray with you right now that God will, will create such abundance of his word in your life. That you'll begin to walk in health. You'll never have to fear cancer. You'll never have to fear diabetes. You'll never have to fear heart disease or any of the other plagues out there because God's word will keep that away from you. There'll be no, no place for disease in your life when the word takes hold of you like that. In the name of Jesus, we agree, Lord, that the word will be rich in that life. Your word says, let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. Lord, my God, let your word bring life Bring health and wholeness for your glory and honor. Lord, I believe today with everyone watching that they will enter into a new realm of health in the name of Jesus. And God's people said, Amen. Now, if you're sick in body, God will heal you through the gift of healing. Or God will heal you through the overflow. But then get in the Bible and keep that healing and begin to walk in divine health in the name of Jesus. I have a CD where I, I read the word with beautiful healing songs, healing music behind there. If you need that, if you are struggling with some sickness in your body, get that CD. Let the word begin to penetrate your life. A man told me, a preacher told me, they told him that he's got cancer, no hope. He began playing my CD, that CD I did. And he said within three, four months, the cancer was gone. His hair began to grow back. They gave up on him. They just gave up on that poor man. But he revived and lived 10 more years because God is our healer. 
He died at 84 years old. But when that cancer came a long time before that, healing came. You know, I mean, eventually our bodies wear out. But die with cancer? No way. Die with heart disease? No way. God wants you to die healthy, to go to glory healthy in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Help me take the gospel around the world. Bless you, and I thank you for all you've done for the Lord. I'll see you again. This is your day for a miracle. Hi, I'm Chris Limburg, the pastor of Life Fellowship Church in McKinney, Texas. And I'm so thankful to be here today with you. And I just want to encourage you with this one thought here. And that's this, the greatest expression of love is to give. In fact, uh, when my wife and I were head over heels in love with each other, there was a time in my life that I said, I'm going to marry this girl. That was 21 years ago. In fact, when I did this, uh, I didn't just go down the street to a local convenience store and find one of those little uh, devices where you put the quarter in, you twist it, and out comes a, a plastic ring. I actually went down the street to a diamond store. Uh, I took four months' worth of salary, and, and I purchased the most incredible thing that I could buy for her. And there came the day that I, I got down to my knee and, and I opened up that little box. And if, I, and if I could just show you her face today, how it lit on up. Why? Because the greatest expression of love is to give. I, I gave her my best. And in fact, that's why the Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he didn't just send an angel. He didn't just tell us about this. He actually demonstrated it. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Like he demonstrated the fact that he is flat out head over heels in love with you because the greatest expression of love is to give. In fact, this is a principle that has been a driving force for my wife and I for all these years. We have said, God, that we're going to honor you with what you have given to us. Yes, it's out of a, a sense of obedience to him, but the heart behind it all is to say, God, we just love you so much. We love what you've done in our hearts and lives. In fact, if you didn't do another thing, we would, we would worship you for forever. We would, we would give into your kingdom. And I'm thankful that we have an opportunity today to express to our great Lord our love for him and to let him know that there's none like him. And so what I'm going to just encourage you to do right where you're at there in, in your home or maybe you're driving, you could be in a coffee shop somewhere, I'm going to encourage you, let's reach out to the Lord. Let's, let's declare to him, God, I don't just love you with my lips, I'm going to love you with my actions. And so right where you're at, the ways to give for you are, are on the screen. And I just want to pray that as you sow into this incredible ministry that is literally taking the gospel around the world, seeing people saved, healed, delivered, impacting tens of thousands of pastors, I believe that today we're going to declare to the Lord that, Lord, we love you with all of our hearts. And so let me just pray for you as we give. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you right now for your people as we step out in faith and we obey you. And God, we're just declaring to you that we love you with our whole heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. And so God, bless your people as we give today. 
Thank you, God, for your incredible blessings on our life. In your strong, mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.